May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Do what? No, I'm fine, yeah. So this happened last time I was here. I had a conversation with David back, I think it was November last time I was here. He and I had a conversation over there and it completely changed what I wanted to preach. And it happened again today. He and I had another conversation. So I spend all week working on a sermon. I have one conversation with this guy and it all goes out the window. (laughs) I think it's the Holy Spirit, right? Maybe. Hopefully some of this work won't go to waste. But this is Advent, right? This is the new liturgical year. This is the color changes to purple. I prefer purple. My previous parish in Texas, we did blue. And so I didn't know what color y'all would do, so I brought both stoles. But good to know it's purple. But things start to change, right? And that's the time in, in our collective life. As a society, things start to change. You get past Thanksgiving. The year seems to slow down a little bit as... As Christmas comes and the weather gets colder and we're waiting. We as Christians are waiting for the birth of Jesus. We as a society are waiting to open presents, right? Like for me as a kid, Advent was a season of waiting. I had that, you know, that box Advent calendar. You would open up a door, there'd be a little piece of chocolate. Right? I would usually eat all 24 or so pieces of chocolate the first day. And then I would carefully close the door so my mom wouldn't think that I'd eaten all the chocolate. But for me back then, it was all about counting down the days until Santa would come. And then I got old enough to realize Santa wasn't real. Then I was counting down the days until my parents would finally let me open up the presents. And that's wonderful. I love it. I have two little boys. We do the same thing. I know there's a lot of argument about, like, this is the Advent season, right? It's not Christmas. I'm wearing Christmas socks. I'll show you after the service, right? Because Christmas in the church year has its time. It does. And we'll wait for that, and we'll celebrate that. But as a society, when people want to yell and scream and argue with one another, if a store wants to play Christmas music a little bit longer, praise God right? If people want to think for a moment longer about the season of Christmas, praise the Lord. So we in the church, we can wait, and we can have the season of Advent. And we'll wait and have our 12 days of Christmas in about a month. But we as a society, if we want to expand this time of joy and of giving and of loving, praise God. Christmas, they can take over the whole year for all I care if the malls would play Christmas music instead of whatever Muzak, jazz stuff they play the other times of the year. But we in the church, we're waiting for something different in Advent. These readings today, there's no shepherds in the reading, there's no angels, there's no Mary, there's nothing. There's Jesus talking about the end of the world. We have prophets in the Old Testament talking about the end of the world. So we in the church are going to spend these next four weeks not just waiting for Jesus to be born, although that's part of it, but we're going to wait for Jesus to come again. This word advent, this word advent, it's an English translation of the Latin adventus, 
which itself is the Latin translation of the Greek parousia, which was a technical term. That's the term they would use when the owner of the land would come back and make everything right. So you think back to Jesus' parable when there's a landowner that comes back and sees that everything's going on. That word used there is parousia. I think of it when I did something and screwed up as a kid. Like I told you, I ate all the Advent candy. That's like the least of my sins as a child. Yeah, but my mom would sit me down and say, just wait until your dad gets home. So in my mind, to think about this, just wait until your dad advents. Just wait until your dad parousias. Because my dad and my family was the guy that would come home and make everything right. And so we're waiting for that. We're waiting for Jesus to come back and make everything right. But there's a third advent, I think. We have the advent where we're waiting for Jesus to be born. There's the advent where we're waiting for Jesus to come again. But then there's the advent every single day in which Jesus is made known in and through us. St. Bernard of Clairvaux talks about these three advents. The first advent was 2,000 years ago when Jesus was born. The third advent will be when Jesus comes again. But Bernard said there's constantly and always a second advent. Every time Jesus' love is made known in and through us. It's going to happen here when we receive communion. Jesus will be made known in the breaking of the bread. It'll happen when we leave this place and we smile at somebody. And that might be the only love they feel. So I'm reading this book. It's by a man who spent 30 years on death row. Brian Stevenson is a lawyer for the Equal Justice Initiative. And this is one of the men that he, he freed from death row because this man, Anthony Ray Hinton, was innocent. He was kind of railroaded. The book is a wonderful book. It goes through it. And this man, he spent the first three years on death row angry. He talks about how he had never been an angry man. He was loving. His mama didn't teach him to be angry. He's from Alabama, so he talks about his mama a lot. But for three years, he felt like the whole world was against him. He was in the midst of darkness, like in our readings today. But then one day, one of his cellmates was put to death. And they had this practice, they still have this practice, when they know, because the guy walks down them, and they take him to the death chamber, they all start banging on their, their uh, bars, right, to make noise, to let that man know he's not alone. And what Ray Hinton said is in that moment, he knew every day he had a choice. He didn't get to choose when to wake up. He didn't get to choose if he could leave. He didn't get to choose what he got to eat. He didn't get to choose what he got to wear. But he could choose to love. He could choose to hope. So he spent three years not talking to a soul. The guards thought something was wrong with him because he never said a word. But then he spent the next 27 years transforming that place. He brought in book groups. He convinced the warden to let these men on death row read books so they could talk about ideas, so they could think about things that weren't inside this prison. 
And one of the books he read, he, they read was Go Tell It on the Mountain by James Baldwin. I haven't read it yet. It's on my list. I'm going to read it because of what he said in here. But there's a line in there that Ray Hinton talks about. A line in James, Baldwin book, James Baldwin's book. That he says this place where Baldwin was writing about was a place where the sun didn't shine. A place where the sun didn't want to shine. So Ray Hinton, the people that read this, the connection was easy to make. If you think about a place in this world where the sun doesn't shine, it's prison. Literally sometimes, right? You're in cinder block walls, the sun does not shine. But what Ray Hinton said is I can make this a place where the sun does shine. So that's the title of his book, The Sun Does Shine. It talks about both his presence, he's a Christian, he's a devout Christian, and so he talks a lot about Jesus in here. But he, in that, the darkest of days, when people were walking to their death, when people got word that their loved ones died and they had no way to contact them, in these darkest of days that these men felt, Ray could be a ray of light. He could be a way that the sun would shine. And now he's out, he's written a book, he's going around talking about his experience and saying that even in the darkest of situations, the sun does shine. Amen. So I thought about that. You know, Advent comes in this time, the days get longer, right? Christmas comes about the time of the winter solstice when it switches and the days start to get shorter, right? It's like this hinge point in our winter season. Maybe you're like me. I leave my house and it's still dark. I go to work. And I come home and it's already dark again, right? That's just the way life is in the winter for most folks. But what do we get at Christmas when it's dark outside? We get Christmas lights. Beautiful lights. Even in the darkness of winter. Even in the darkness of our lives, a light shines. That's what Jesus is. In those moments where we feel alone, those moments where we feel like the world is against us, those moments where we feel like we hate someone else, Jesus is the light that shines. What made me think of this is this conversation David and I had. I asked about some Civil War history around this place, and he pointed out that there was an asylum, a hospital, at the end of the railroad tracks here in Chester. Think of that place, a hospital in the midst of war. In one of the darkest times this country has ever known, there were men and women there that loved people and wanted to care for people. And you said it, they had grace for people. Because Jesus shows us in the darkest of our moments, the sun does shine. The light does shine. One of those verses that just screams Christmas to me is the light came into the world and the darkness did not overcome it. We are waiting for that light. These next four weeks, we'll talk about what it means to be waiting for that light. But what Advent also calls us to do is to be that light. Amen. 
We don't just sit here passively waiting for someone else to come in and make the world right. Jesus calls us, Jesus commands us to help him in making the world right. So think about that. I'll be back next week and we'll have, we'll meet John the Baptist in our reading. You want to talk about a crazy guy. But we'll talk about what, we'll continue to talk about what it means to prepare the way. What it means to prepare ourselves. But we're not just preparing ourselves for a baby to be born. We're not just preparing ourselves for Jesus to come back. We're preparing ourselves every day, every moment, to be the light that has come into the world. Amen? Amen.